Hello, and welcome to Wit Glass Unfiltered. I'm your host, Courtney Huntington, and I'm glad to be with you today. Today, I want to talk about old people. But before I talk about old people, I've got some other things that uh, I want to uh, touch on. Uh, First of all, I want to say, if you have been listening to the podcast to this point, thank you for sticking around. I know that things are uh, a little, uh, shall we say, unpolished, um, which is only partly by design. The, The idea of the podcast is that I want it to be a little rough around the edges. I don't want it to be perfectly polished. I think I explained that in the inaugural episode. So I'm um, I'm wanting it to be uh, a little on the rough side in that sense. But I know that it's rough in ways that I don't intend it to be rough. And uh, so I appreciate you sticking with me if you're still here, if you've listened to the others. Um, and I hope that my comment won't discourage you from listening to the others if you haven't already done so. Um, I think that if you listen to them, you'll get uh, a really nice feel for not just the podcast itself and the direction that it's going to take, but you'll get a feel for me as your host as well. And I think it's worthwhile to have that background. Um, one of the the problems I think we have with our uh, presentations of truth today or presentation of what is uh, presented as truth is that we often want to polish it up. And, and really, the truth is best left unvarnished because the truth is so beautiful that it doesn't need any adornment. The truth stands alone. There is nothing that compares with pure, unadulterated truth. So, I think that we as a culture tend to gravitate toward that which is polished, and there's nothing wrong with that, Uh, There are lots of interesting cultural and aesthetic themes wrapped up in in those ideas, so I really, really want to talk about them sometime. Um, Well, why not talk about them for a few minutes now? Um, Just as one example, when I was in college, which is uh, quite a number of years ago now, I had the privilege of listening to a radio program on the local public radio station. Um, and it was a relatively local radio program. And it, it uh, aired on Saturday mornings. And I want to say that it was a couple hours long. I can't remember the name of the program. Um, but, you know, I, I may actually have researched this and have it... Um, have it in my filing system somewhere. Uh, so I'll try to remember to to look that up, and if I can find it, put it in the show notes. Uh, but the host of this program was blind. And in part, at least, because of his blindness, but I'm sure also because he 
trained hard and worked at it over the years, his hearing was incredible. And so he could hear things in the music that that I don't hear. I mean, he could just hear depths of of idea, depth not idea, um, depths of sound, um, nuances of sound that at least at the time I couldn't hear. Um, now I haven't had the privilege of listening to his program in quite some time, so I don't know for sure um, how my ear may have developed over the years, but at any rate, um, I've at the time I certainly didn't have the ear for um, ear that he had. I doubt that my ear is anywhere near as good even today, even though I've trained it some. Um, frankly, I I think that my hearing probably is not good enough uh, in a native sense for me to be um, to be as good as as he was. I, I just don't think my my physical my the hearing with which I've been given or the hearing I've been given in this life is just probably not as good as his hearing. So no matter how well I train my hearing, no matter how hard I work at it, my hearing will probably never be what, um, what his was. Anyway, all of that to say that on this show, this guy would talk about music. And it was mostly folk music, almost entirely folk music. Um, and I say almost entirely only because he would occasionally listen to something or play something that was not uh, in the folk tradition. Um, but he would talk about all the engineering that would go into the recording, et cetera, et cetera. And um, he could hear the engineering and the synthesizer and this and that. And, and so it was so fascinating to, uh, to listen to his analysis. And so over the years, I've, uh, I've tried to listen for some of those things. Um, I'm sure that I'm far from an expert and Nothing that I say on the show about music should be taken as if it's coming from an expert, um, but just from one who appreciates music and, and desires to have good music to appreciate. Um, so th this this show was was really cool, and I loved getting to hear the analysis and to gain a deeper appreciation for real music created in real time, recorded in real time, and not touched up, not varnished. Now, uh, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not making an argument here that, um, you know, doing some sort of editing to music is, is inherently bad, but I do think that when we create music we should be trying to create a, uh, what's the word, authentic, an authentic experience. 
we want um, we want people to at least I do when when I when I say we sometimes I just mean we generally and sometimes it it actually means means that I'm just talking about myself because no, nobody else in the world thinks about it the way I do and um, so but I, I think that we generally want to feel like what we're seeing is real. Now I'm not talking about um, about magic, you know, uh, uh, or what's not actually magic but is just illusion. Um, I think that we all love illusion. We love that kind of magic. We uh, we're not offended that they're trying to trick us. Uh, you know, they didn't really saw the lady in half. It, it just looked like they sawed her in half, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those kinds of shows are fantastic because of the illusion, because of the way people play with that illusion. But we enjoy it because it feels authentic. Okay, it feels authentic to us as it's happening, yet... We're not absolutely aghast that th them sawing the lady in half because it's, um, it's authentic to us in another way, which is that we know it's pretend. Okay, so we love that which is authentic, but sometimes when we pretend, we want the pretend to feel authentic too. And I don't think that those things are at odds. So the magician is up there pretending to saw the girl in half. We know that he's pretending. And shame on us if we go in to one of those shows and we actually want somebody to be sawn in half. Right? That would be a different kind of authenticity, wouldn't it? But that would be a very dark, sinister, and evil authenticity. Um, so with this show, I am trying for a particular kind of authenticity that I believe is lacking in many of our presentations of truth, particularly as it pertains to news in our culture today. And so, um, as you listen, if you've been listening, some of the roughness is intended. It's called wit glass unfiltered for that reason. But some of the roughness is me not knowing any better, not knowing how to push the right buttons, uh, not being more fluent in my speech or, you know, this and that. Uh, little noises like maybe a few minutes ago you heard a ding on my computer because I forgot to hit the sound button off. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to edit that out. It's, it's part of the live program. Now there have been a couple times when, um, when I may hear something or they, there may be such a big noise outside that I think... Uh, that's going to really create a problem. And so I pause the recording for a minute or two and 
then come back to the recording. Um, but when I do that, I don't edit it together. I don't splice it together. I, I just start recording again. So you might hear a click or something like that. Um, and, and I'm still feeling my way through just how unfiltered I want everything to be. Um, but I'm really excited because the episodes are now all posted online. Uh, they're available for download from iTunes as a podcast. You can go to the website at www.writinginthaglass.com and listen to all the episodes there as well. Um, I'm really excited about having the episodes up there. There are seven of them already up there. This is episode eight. And I'm excited partly because this is something that I thought about doing for uh, many years. And I'm excited to be actually doing it. And I feel like reaching seven, now eight uh, podcasts is something to, uh, to something that shows that I'm serious and that I'm going to take it seriously and do it seriously. And so I, I'm really excited about the, the episodes being up there. My hope is that when I'm done with this episode, I'm going to quickly convert it to MP3 and load it up right away. Uh, again, unfiltered. Now, right now, I don't have any, um, any, sp uh, any public sponsorships or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I don't have any advertising. Um, and, and so as I move forward, there will be more things like that. But uh, what I'm planning to do with that sort of thing is make everything live. Um, not that it's going to be streamed live, but that it'll be recorded live. So if I do, um, if I do advertising, I'll do live reads, or I'll be pushing buttons live and coming back, um, so that there's a, a kind of flow to things that is natural and has a natural rhythm, um, and, and is not too carefully engineered, but. Having said all of that, my, my process is very unrefined at this point. I'm still working out the kinks, still working out um, some of the, the guidelines and, and the workflows and things like that. And um, so I'm excited that the podcasts are up. I'm excited about continuing to improve my workflow. And I hope that you'll stick with me because I think that we've got something worth pursuing here. And, um, and I'd love to hear from you about that. Uh, even if you disagree, in fact, especially if you disagree, frankly, because, um, I, I want to know why you don't think it's worth pursuing, uh, so that I can consider all angles. Uh, so any feedback you have that you can send my way, I would absolutely love to hear. I appreciate it very much. And now I want to come back around to talking about old people. And by the way, all of this fits together. Uh, talking about old people, talking about authenticity, 
um, goes hand in hand. Um, that's partly planned, partly not planned, by the way. Um, it just happens to, uh, to work out that way. Um, but, um, first I want to say when I call them old people, I don't in any way mean to denigrate them. Uh, in fact, I consider that to be a, a description of honor because, um, Everybody dies, and only the old people can say that they've made it as long as they have. It takes some work to survive, doesn't it? And old people have earned that right. They've earned their age. They are old because they earned it. Now, I understand that um, that there are pains that come with getting older, I'm not that old yet, but I have more pains than I did 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Um, and I, I spend a lot of time talking with people who have considerably greater pains than I do. Um, I love talking with old people because I believe that they are our future. And I'm sure that sounds a little backwards because the children are generally considered to be our future. But I think that while it's true that children are the future in a very literal sense, it is the old people who can best teach us how to grow old gracefully, how to become the future that's worth seeing. Um, if, if you have never taken the time to talk to old people about the way things used to be, you definitely should spend some time talking with them. And don't assume that they're right or wrong. Just listen to them. Hear the stories they tell. I have a, a dear old friend who is 85 and grew up in New Jersey, um, not too far outside of New York City. Um, I guess <laughs> most of New Jersey is not too far outside New York City. Uh, she spent, uh, I think, 30 years living in Phoenix, Arizona, though, um, and listening to her stories paints a picture of how things were through the 20th century um, that is different from the picture that I get from another set of friends, a husband and wife who are, um, he's in his early 80s and she's in her uh, mid-70s but they're from Texas. And there are definite similarities. There's a lot of overlap, but there are a lot of differences too. And I enjoy hearing those stories. But here's something else that you get from old people that uh, you just don't get from young people much, and that is the pure 
unadulterated opinion that they have. They generally have stopped caring too much what people think about them. They, They don't have the... You know, the the physical beauty that they once had. Um, I think that that um, old bodies have a uh, a different kind of beauty, but they, they don't have that that soft luster of youthful bodies that um, that society generally appreciates. Um, generally thinks of as human physical beauty. You know, it's they've gotten wrinkly. Their skin isn't smooth anymore. Um, their voices tend to be rougher, more gravelly. Um, they walk more slowly. They generally talk more slowly. They do a lot of things more slowly. But... In part, I think, because they uh, have lost some of that luster, they've also lost some of the motivation to pretend. You know, we all want to pretend that we're, that we're better, skinnier, faster, healthier, more beautiful smarter than we really are. And typically old people have reached a point of realizing that they aren't any more than what they are. And fooey on you if you give two hoots about that fact. I think that we do a great disservice to the next generation to the kids, by separating them from those experiences with old people. We've done far too much segregating. Uh, in, In my opinion, one of the chief problems with education, for example, is that we've done too much compartmentalizing and segregating by age so that you're, you've got this stratified system of education when what kids really need is to have more vertical integration rather than horizontal integration to to spend time with students with parents with grandparents with siblings at all levels learning from them teaching them If you're a grown-up and you don't think that a child can teach you something, you are very wrong and you're really missing out because you ought to be looking to the children to teach you because they learn all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Plus, if you're just being honest with yourself, you'll think back to when you were a child and remember how many times you rolled your eyes at your parents or other adults because uh, they didn't know this thing or that thing. Well, guess what? 
Now the kids are looking at you as a grown-up, rolling their eyes, going, boy, he thinks he knows everything. She thinks she knows everything. And the reality is that we still don't know much of anything at all. Uh, I, not too long ago, uh, but I guess probably, uh, it, I guess it's probably a couple months ago now, I was listening to a podcast. One of the podcasts that uh, is my favorite to listen to, um, which is the, the Tom Woods Show. And I'll uh, put that in the show notes. Um, and a quick sidebar about show notes. I, I know that I don't have all the show notes up on the website yet, but I, I do intend to follow through on show notes and, and put them all up, which means I better get on top of it because otherwise I'll have too many shows and it'll never get done. But anyway, I was listening to um, the Tom Woods show and his guest was a fellow by the name of Michael Malice. And at one point in the the show, Michael Malice makes the point that even really, 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 really smart people know less than 1% of all there is to know on the earth. And I think that's such an awesome point. I mean, if you think that you're really smart, that you're really something, just remember that you are in the bottom 1% when it comes to all knowledge. We know so little that we can always learn something from anyone, anywhere, at any time. We need more vertical integration in our education and in our society in general. So my encouragement to you relating to old people is, number one, think of them with respect and honor. Now, not all old people are honorable people. Just because you're old doesn't mean that you're good. And I do not encourage treating evildoers with the same respect that you treat good doers. But I think that you can make your own relatively good judgments on the people who are worthy of honor. And my encouragement is that you treat them with honor, you consider them with honor, Actually, yeah, so let, let me rephrase that. Let me say that ag again, that you consider them with honor, first of all, and then that you actually treat them with honor, which means that you're going to spend time with them. You're going to listen to them. You're going to do things with them and for them. There's a whole lot more to say on this. But I'm going to wrap up with this idea. Authenticity is important. Old people tend to be more authentic than you and I. And it is very much worth spending time with them so that we can learn to be more 
authentic ourselves. Thanks for being here again today. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and I look forward to being with you next time.